We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. And we're talking our favorite guys that we're reaching for in drafts. We talked about our, our favorite values before. We've won auction strategy. Jake, we are nearing the conclusion of the preseason, <laughs> or at least our part of it. Obviously, we'll be doing our over-under <laughs> win totals, which has been very successful in the past couple of years, and uh, still our pre-week one waiver wires. So this is mm-hmm. technically the second-to-last show yeah. before we really yeah, are in our grind. We got September 5th, yeah, for the pre-week one waivers, which uh, I saw that we just put a preseason waiver wire column on the site today. Kevin Payne's already had his preseason waivers, so good for him. Go check that out. We'll do over-under win totals the week before. We got to come up with one fun topic next week. We got a couple of ideas, but uh, we're getting awfully close to the start of some real meaningful football, ladies and gentlemen. Love to hear it. All right, let's get to those guys. And we're liking, of course, the news and notes from yesterday and today. Let's hit the music. Again, welcome everyone to this edition of the RotoWare NFL podcast, of course, brought to you our friends by Circus Sports. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me on Twitter, not X, at JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me, as always, is Jake Letarski. We do this every Tuesday. And like I said in the, the prelude, we are gearing up to do the waiver wire podcast again when the regular season starts. We'll be getting you guys set with all the different players that you want to pick up, how to uh, manage your auction, your fab budget, if that's the case, waiver priorities. We are we are only weeks away from that really mattering. I'm excited to, to get into that, but we have to buy a little bit of time yet. And today's podcast will be focusing on the guys that we are reaching for. I don't know how many drafts you've uh, accomplished or, or finished so far, Jake. Is it like two or three at this point? I uh, It's it's closer to five. five. Uh, well, I mean, if you count like our Dynasty League and then, you know, our, our, of course our Stake League went and I've got a couple good examples from Stake League. The Rotowire Invitational mm-hmm. started, which is like a mini version of the Fishbowl with like five different 12-team Rotowire leagues. Maybe they're up to six this year. They do a whole lot. So uh, we've, we've got a lot going on and then, you know, uh, some scattered best ball here and there, but. Uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, enough to have a sample size of guys I'm more I'm, than happy to reach for. I'm at a, a half dozen at the moment right now, and we'll have one more uh, come Sunday, but it'll be the following week. That's once again pretty draft heavy for me. We talked about it a lot last week the beat Joe Bartle limitation, Rotowire Island Championship, I should say, and mm-hmm. the results that kind of happened with that. We both did the stake league draft. 
uh, on Wednesday. You've won different over stake your... league drafts, which there's some Correct. interesting compare yes. and contrast. You went that. over your lineup pretty extensively on Twitter. I liked the breakdown. I actually did a write up on my side yep. of things that's up on Rotowire right now. So when we're talking about guys that we're reaching for, there's some contextualization that we're we're adding to this that we've been different drafts and who we're going for and uh, who we've been looking at. So uh, keep that in mind. I I do want to touch on the Delvin Cook. And Ezekiel Elliott news, which broke oh, yeah. pretty much after Jeff Erickson and Nick Whalen finished up their podcast mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, just so, a couple hours, and then yeah, all of a sudden it was bang, bang, you know? Zeke goes, and then news. the Delvin Cook domino falls like an hour later. It was, uh, it was a pretty solid afternoon of news there for yesterday. Before we get to that news, let's get a word from our sponsors here, Circus Sports. Get ready for more millions guaranteed. It's the biggest pro football contest in Vegas, and they're back and bigger than ever with $14 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. You must enter Nevada, but you can play from anywhere. There's two ways to win and no rake. First, you can play the Circa Million. You make five picks against the spread each week with 100% payback to the players. The grand finale winner uh, takes home $1 million in last place. Takes home $100,000. That booby prize of yours, Jake, with quarterly and full season payouts, $6 million across all the Circa Million. Then there's Circa Survivor. You select one team each week straight up with no repeat selections. If the team loses or ties, the entry is eliminated. The last person standing wins it all, $8 million guaranteed. Again, $14 million in guaranteed prizes at Circa Sports. Visit CircaSports.com for more details. And we mentioned it with the news uh, that occurred yesterday. It was first Ezekiel Elliott signing with the Patriots. And I'm not sure if this was a domino effect per se, mm-hmm. but it is it, it, on its surface, ignoring the Delvin Cook news, which came pretty much directly after it felt like for me. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott signs with the Patriots, now the backup to Ramondre Stevenson. I've been pretty much out on Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I've been drafting a lot of Leonard Fournette. There's been times where I've considered Kareem Hunt, who we talked about last podcast too. But the price tag for a guy who had not signed with the team, in the case of Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott and Delvin Cook, we'll get to him in a bit was too high for me. Yeah, so for me, the price tag was barely non-existent. You know, I looked into this where Ezekiel Elliott was going. I don't know if it was his drop-off last year, the fact that he essentially got overtaken by Tony Pollard and, you know, all things Cowboys backfield here. But the price, you know, when I was looking it up, I expected Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook to be closer in price. But, uh, you know, if you go since January 1st, Zeke was going 159 overall, uh, you know, and then uh, it's only, or no, it was, he was going 165 overall. And over the last month, maybe people expecting him to sign, he's going 159 overall. That's RB 55. So, I mean, there wasn't really that much of a price for him. Maybe you know, there were some leagues where people uh, stretch for him just because they recognize the name. You know, you know, I don't really know, but currently RB 55, I'd say now that he has a team, he crack. He, I would, I would predict that he gets at least in the top fifty running backs here. But I wouldn't expect him to rise terribly. Currently, right now, he's just behind guys like Jalen Warren, Tajay Spears, Jeff Wilson, and just ahead of guys like Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kareem Hunt. You know, of course, who is who's still out there. So that gives you some perspective there. You know, I think he can crack the top fifty and get some of those guys. But um, there are a lot of reasons where I, where I don't think that he should be going uh, too too much further into that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think the discourse that I saw yesterday after Ezekiel Elliott announced that he was signing with the Patriots was really about the bullets that were dodged with other players. So Alan Sazowski had mentioned uh, Tony Pollard. Zeke won't be coming back. That's one less person that could be taking workload for Tony Pollard. Okay, fair enough. I never assumed the Cowboys were going to reunite with Ezekiel Elliott, despite there have been some reports that were leaked out there. Uh, and I think Ronald Jones or Malik Davis or even Rico Dowell, ups, Rico Dowell, uh, Deuce Vaughn, I guess Rico Dowell, Dowell could. Uh, mm-hmm. But Deuce Vaughn, they're, they're going to take some workload. Like it's not Tony Pollard yeah. getting three down work all mm-hmm. game, every game. Otherwise, he can get hurt by week four. So Yeah, he's being drafted as such, though. He's being, I know. You know and, second and that round pick. That, 
didn't make much of a difference to me. There is one running back we'll talk a little bit later in the show, spoiler for everyone, mm-hmm. that I think this makes a big impact. Yeah, that this they benefits for, sign. exactly. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson, yeah. he, was, he was being drafted, I feel like, in the same vein, where he was going to get all three down work. And with Ezekiel Elliott signing, not only is Ramondre Stevenson probably not getting as many goal line opportunities, but I think that pass-catching mm-hmm. work, which really made him so valuable last season, yeah. should at minimum be split up with Ezekiel Elliott, whose best asset is his ability to pass block. Yeah, see, now I don't know if I'm rash- trying to rationalize this because I just purchased Ramondre Stevenson for $29 in Stake League. And, and, Nothing wrong with that. You know, I wasn't necessarily um, – he, he was one of those players where, you know, I spent a lot of money on Justin Jefferson and Travis Kelsey, right, in that league. So uh, he was one of those players that I knew I was going to have to kind of focus my RBs in that tier and wasn't really going to be able to pick an elite one, uh, you know, after the money that I, that I had spent elsewhere. And I was fine with his price, you know, relative to some of the other guys that went off the board. So maybe this is just me trying to defend Ramondre Stevenson, but you know, I took a look at the split last year, and you know, Ramondre Stevenson and uh, and uh, Damian uh, Harris, uh, Damian Harris. I wanted to, almost said Damian Williams. I, I'm going to mix them up every time, but no, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris. Uh, you know, Stevenson played all 17 games last year, so that's solid. He had 49.4 percent of New England's carries, 210 of 425. And 57.4% of New England's rushing yards, 1,040 out of 1,800, just a little over 1,800. Where he didn't really go crazy was just five of the 12 rushing touchdowns. Now, a lot of people I've seen the argument made out here that I really want to debunk a little bit. A lot of people are, I've seen this out on Twitter a bunch. They want to say that New England is going to be a very, very run-heavy team, right? So there's going to be a ton of room for both of these guys to be productive. And and the second part of that statement, fine. But I'm not necessarily sure where they're getting run-heavy run team from. I think that might just be because people think and assume that Mac Jones is bad and he's not as good as they were going to be, or is that people expected him to be. But, you know, maybe there's some growth there. But surprisingly, I, you know, I was looking at team ranking Rankings.com organizes this really nice, uh, you know, a friend of the site here. But they were 16th in rush rate last year, the Patriots. 42.45% rush plays. So technically in the top half of the league in terms of passing distribution. And that was with Bailey Zappi for a whole bunch of games stuck in there, right? So this whole myth that suddenly New England's going to run the ball 60% of the time isn't quite there. And, you know, so I... what this comes down to here is, right, i got to make a prediction. I think that Ezekiel Elliott will take most of the Damian Harris work, but I don't think he's going to cut enough of the Ramondre Stevenson work, and I still think there's a window for Ramondre Stevenson to, so, to improve. So, uh, you know, if I had to pick a season-long outlook for Ezekiel Elliott right now, you know, I, I, I thought about this a while, and I said, give me about 450 rushing yards and five touchdowns, and that's assuming – uh, one, two missed games for Stevenson. Say he misses a game or two mm. because he's going to have a presumably larger workload, right? There's going to be a couple weeks where it'll be obvious to start Zeke, but then there's going to be about 10 weeks where it's like, man, do I should I even be rostering this guy, I think. So, yeah, give me 450 and five touchdowns. That's basically Damian Harris with a slight touchdown bump, which I think a lot of people are fairly projecting for Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, that's what I'm going with. Um, like I said, he'll be playable some weeks, but uh, not someone I'm reaching out to, to roster like crazy. Now, I might have been a little more aggressive on Ezekiel Elliott had I known what was going to happen and after you draft Ramondre Stevenson, so you maybe pay a couple extra dollars, reach a little bit for the handcuff effect. But other than that, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott as a standalone option is going to be there. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody else drafts him gets frustrated, cuts him, or gets in a uh, gets in a tough roster crunch, right. you know, week four, five, six, all of a sudden, then, you know, you could maybe grab him and stash him for those one or two weeks of the season. He's useful. But spread out over the course of the year, you know, a 455 touchdown back is not super attractive for fantasy. 
it's funny. I'm going to go back to the, the players that you said he's he's currently behind right now in NFFC ADP. Jalen Warren, I think he's just a guy. I understand, though, if people are excited about him. Tajay Spears had a good preseason debut last uh, last week. Still a true backup, especially with Derrick Henry. Jeff Wilson in a in a threesome of running backs with A-Chain as well, too, in that mix. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Guys ahead of him, or he's ahead of Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kareem Hunt. I like Chase Brown more than that, but I think it's just a one-for-one one if something were to happen to Joe Mixon. I think Chase Brown mm-hmm. pretty much falls into place. I think Ezekiel Elliott's more valuable than just a backup. Again, if you believe Jalen Warren's going to get a uh, legitimate playing time and cut into Najee Harris's workload, fine. But I think if Najee Harris is healthy, he's he's getting like 75 80% of the workload on any given week. So I think Ezekiel Elliott's higher than that group. But I don't, I don't think it's to a point where I'm going to be drafting him. And you mentioned Damian Harris' value. How many times did we kind of mention, hey, Damian Harris – uh, under he's at 40% roster rate. You could probably cut him for X, Y, and Z running back instead. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where Ezekiel falls in. I, yep. I think this is a, a bad thing for fantasy everywhere. Cause you can't pick up Ezekiel Elliott and use him most weeks. I think he's not very valuable, but the part that you should be excited about Stevenson and why he was getting to be a, a top 24 at most top 30 ADP overall pick was that he had 90 targets last year all but one game last season, he had at least two targets. And during that stretch towards the end of the season, 10 targets against the Vikings. He had eight targets against the Bills, six respectively in week 16 and 18. It was as the season progressed, really week seven and onward, Ramondre Stevenson was being used not just as the guy to spell Damon Harris and to work in conjunction, but to be their main pass catcher. Yeah. And again, I think that's the biggest value for Ezekiel Elliott is maybe he isn't pass catching per se, mm-hmm. but he's out there on passing downs. Yep, because he's, he's an excellent he's excellent in blitz pickup. That's right. one thing. He's a bigger back, right? That's one thing that's not gonna that shouldn't theoretically go with age unless he really loses a step in quickness, in which case we have a lot more to worry about. So I could see him getting out there and swiping some of those downs fair. Either either the Patriots are scheming specific pass plays for Andre Stevenson. Which could happen. He was he was really good. He's got such elite balance. He reminds me of Kamara in that regard. As like, what's what's the de- definition of a good player? And what sets Stevenson apart from others? It's the ability to have that balance as such a big back. I, I, but then it'll be a down uh, down effect on just about every other of the pass catchers. And I do think this offense will be better. Not because Mac Jones is playing over Bailey Zappi. He will. Bailey Zappi uh, shouldn't be playing on a team. Uh, at all next season, but it's that, is that even a question at any point. Ah, uh, well, Uncle Ted talks in chat is trying to talk about Bailey Zappi. I can't tell if it's ironic or not, so I'll let Uncle Ted talks do his thing. But <laughs> okay. it's it, it's it's more so that you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge gone from the offensive coordinator role for the Patriots. I say Joe Barry is the worst coordinator in the NFL. That might be true. Again, as a Packers fan, I can watch that defense suck year after year, and thank you, Joe Barry, for that. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are worse uh, when it comes to coordinator jobs, and they're getting a significant upgrade in that regard with Bill O'Brien. Might not have been a good general manager, shouldn't trade DeAndre Hopkins away, but he could call plays at least more effectively than Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. So I like the Patriots' offense, and if you say it improves overall, maybe that's how Ramondre Stevenson still Mm -hmm. retains his top 30 ADP value. I'm not going that direction. I'll just say that. And I'll also not be going the direction of Brees Hall or Delvin Cook. So, again, we had – Ezekiel had signed pretty much an hour later. It was confirmed that Delvin Cook signed with the Jets. Uh, unilaterally, it felt like the, the Jets also activated Brees Hall off the pup list. Delvin Cook isn't going to be practicing to start. Uh, and I, I wonder, I've had some Jets friends I've talked to, if the reason they hadn't signed Delvin Cook earlier was just for him to slow play camp a little bit more, not have to show up necessarily. He's a veteran. He's been in the league now five-plus mm-hmm. years. I get it from Delvin's perspective. Um I, I don't know how effective Delvin Cook as, is at this stage of his career. 
I know he's going way too high for, for his ADP, and you'll talk about that in a second. But I also think Brees Hall is going to be sharing the workload enough where his current ADP doesn't make a lot of sense for me either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last week we were really getting into Brees Hall's ADP and how he, you know, we don't have such a thing as a don't draft list, but you know, it, it, we get awfully close with certain guys here given their price tag. And I think you can make the argument for both Brees Hall and Delvin Cook because they're going to kind of cannibalize each other in this situation. And both of them, so you've got the threat of another guy, right? And both of them also have pretty big injury clouds hanging over their head. Like, I didn't even realize this Delvin Cook thing, and that makes sense why there was a delay. He had shoulder surgery in February. I totally whiffed on that. I figured it would be just one of those kind of cleanup procedures here. But uh, the fact that he signs now, and it is mid-August, and, you know, what is you know, we're 20 days or so before mm-hmm. the start of the regular season, three weeks, um, things are getting uh, a little dicey there, too. So both of them have big injury clouds. Both of them, you know, could... You know, I, there, I guess there's a chance if one of them turns out to be freakishly else healthy and Michael Carter doesn't uh, cut into things too much, that maybe there's something there. But there's just too much risk to take either of these guys at their ADP for me. Um, even if Bryce Hall, you know, or Brees Hall just activated off the pup list, you know, good for him. The Delvin Cook ADP has been way higher than Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Why that is... I'm not necessarily certain because there are a couple guys that are clearly trending downward. Maybe have a couple more years left, and um, I, well, and, I'll kind of, I don't think it's clearly Jake. That's the, that's the yeah. issue. People will see the thousand plus rushing yards, and the Delvin Cook stayed healthy last year, and on those numbers alone, you're like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is uh, a Pro Bowl running back, just like he was earlier in his career. And well, if you do the advanced metrics data, uh, you look at the yards per carry, uh, broken tackle rate for Delvin Cook. Everyone likes those things. That's yep. where the mm-hmm. hidden stats suggest Delvin Cook is falling off, whereas Ezekiel Elliott, you could plainly see the difference exactly. when Tony Pollard was out there as opposed to Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. And that's that's in the fact, too, that, you know, the Cowboys get so many yep. national TV games that everyone's aware of what Ezekiel Elliott looked exactly. like. And I don't okay. think people quite put that together with Delvin. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Delvin Cook, though, is that make him a top 60 player? No. Does that make him 100 spots better than Ezekiel Elliott? No. Is he better than... Yes, okay, because of all those things you just said, yes, he's, he's probably got a more positive fantasy outlook than Ezekiel Elliott. I would, you know, the prediction I made for Ezekiel Elliott's line... I don't know if I want to quite double that for Delvin Cook, but you know, maybe one and a half times, something like that, because uh, you know I'm seeing a split there. But but man, I just do not see ADP 58, and this has been steady, right? It's ADP 58 from January 1st on. If you look at it, it's ADP 58 over the last 30 days period. Um, that's only going to go up, right? Now that he's signed officially, right? Yeah, I mean, it might not have room to go up a lot because you're already pretty high there, but I, I, I just, that's not a price that I'm willing to pay to get involved with that backfield. Uh, yeah. One bit. The only concerning part is, uh, like, let's just say it's 800 rushing yards. I know you weren't, you weren't making a line for Delvin Cook, but mm-hmm. over under 800 rushing yards. I think you could easily convince yourself the over or under because if Brees Hall is healthy enough where he's playing all 16, 17 games and, uh, getting 25, 30 snaps a game, well, the under seems entirely possible. But if Brees Hall were to still be aggravated by the injury and, and not uh, recovering as well, and Delvin Cook is clearly the hot hand to start, well, over 800 yards is a very easy part of this too. It's like, and, and it goes the other way too. If Delvin Cook were to still be dealing with the shoulder injury, which by the way, the shoulder surgery was meant to stop having him get those dislocations. If you recall the past two years, I think he's had uh, dislocated shoulders and they would put like this essential metal brace on like Terminator style and he would just run with that. So he couldn't do any pass catching stuff and Alexander Mass would be evolved, but Delvin Cook could still run. I remember doing numerous podcasts being like, hey, it's, it's your time now. If you had Alexander Mass, your backup. It's like, wait, no, Delvin Cook's still running for 200 yeah, yards with his Terminator arm. Yeah. So the, the surgery was meant to stop 
that from occurring. I don't know what the recovery timetable is for it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a, oh, he just was out uh, on a jet ski like Neem Hines and uh, got his shoulder yeah. wrecked. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. that kind no, of thing. Yeah. So it's something um, that, yeah, that's been lingering and that he can play through and yeah, that right. hopefully it helps him moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, he's ranked ahead of Damian Pierce, Cam Akers, Miles Sanders, just behind Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, I definitely the Dobbins who came back off the pup list yeah, uh, yesterday exactly. as well, too. He's yeah, exactly. We can get into those. There's been a lot of guys that are activated and guys that are activated a little bit sooner uh, than we mentioned. I think we're, we hit most of the running back news and notes and attack that from every angle. So we talk about some guys getting healthy, and, and one of them is J.K. Dobbins. That's a good sign. Yeah, uh, back off the pup list. We hadn't had a lot of news as to when that would occur other than Coach John Harbaugh seemed to be – comfortable enough that J.K. Dobbins was going to be back. If you recall, last year, it was a really uh, difficult stretch to discern what was happening with the stats during the preseason. Obviously, didn't get things off in the right month or so. Uh, came on late, but at that point, for people who like me, who drafted J.K. Dobbins, you're already toast. Uh, it looks to be he's in a better spot this season. And then same goes for Jonathan Taylor, who is with the team. Remember, he left the team last week. Um, I guess that was already scheduled. I don't know if this has been reported per se, that was scheduled part of his rehab. We had the Jim Irsay comments, mm-hmm. and then directly after Jonathan Taylor's allowed to go do something else uh, away from the team, that was not related. That was already part of his uh, recovery time frame. So sure. he's back on the team now, still on the pup list, though. Two different scenarios for backs, but guys uh, that have a lot of upside, same draft class. What do you think about J.K. Dobbins and J.T.? I mean, I'm still I'm, I am personally am done with JT because I took too much of him early. Yes, right? yeah, I, I, we was, about that. I, I was I was high on him early and thinking, you know, things could only go up for this Colts offense, even with a rookie running back. If anything, that'll be good for his touches. And I'm still clinging to the hope a little bit um, that uh, you know the feud is with ownership, right? It's mm-hmm. not there with his coaches and teammates, and maybe that he'll still he'll still go out there with his coaches and teammates, and and you know not stick to the never playing for, you know, for the Colts. I don't know if it's a James Harden situation, uh, what we have, but, you know. Cross-sport references, yeah, let's go. Yeah, cross-sports references, but uh, it actually feels oddly similar to James Harden um, and Maury over there in Philly. But um, I still, you know, if I had zero exposure and I'm thinking about him in a friends and family league, I wouldn't really touch him before the third round, but he's going higher than that, so I'm going to let someone else handle the risk because I already have plenty of risk in my portfolio. I don't currently have any J.K. Dobbins. I... Even in a great scenario where Dobbins is healthy for me, that backfield has always just mixed and matched, and then you have Lamar too, so that limits maybe some pass-catching upside of some of the backs and some red zone opportunities for some of the backs. And then you always throw in whatever kind of committee they have and what should be an improved passing game. Um, you know, Overall, I'm not, I'm not quite paying the price for J.K. Dobbins. Will I get a share or two just to cover myself before the start of the year? Maybe. He'd have to slip quite a bit, though. Yeah, I mean, let's start off with the easier of the two for me. I will gladly take J.K. Dobbins, uh, especially that range, and more so because the running backs that you mentioned, again, uh, the dobbins mixon aaron Jones group was ahead of Delvin Cook. Yep. But it's it's that tier, really, Aaron Jones uh, and low. Like, Aaron mm-hmm. Jones is the last one. I don't yeah. want Pierce. I don't want Delvin Cook. Yeah. I don't mind Miles Sanders, but I'm not excited about it. Same with James mm-hmm. Conner. Like, I just don't want to deal with those guys. So I'll take Dobbins every time yeah. with an upside play in mind. Mm-hmm. Herb Ilk. Yeah. Uh, Jones and Mixon. Guys. Yeah, Jones and Mixon are kind of in, in the earlier tier, and then there's a big break, and then you throw Dobbins in with the Pierce Akers, Sanders, uh, Delvin Cook, if you will. Right. right. But there's a big – there's a gap there. There's a tier gap for sure. 
Yeah, Herb Ilk had got uh, Dobbins for $19 in our version of the Stake League. Uh, I have repeatedly asked him to trade me Dobbins. Uh, now, I'm pleading at this point. I don't think mm-hmm. he will because Herb is far too smart. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on acquiring as much yeah, J.K. Dobbins I mean, $19 in Stake League, that, that would have been enough to get me, to get me a share. I yeah, um, I like so I'm, I'm not concerned. And everyone wants to talk about uh, Todd Munkin and how that's going to change the offense and it's going to make it better passing-wise. No longer is Pat Ricard a, a fullback slash offensive lineman slash defensive end getting uh, 45, 50 targets from passing perspective. Now you're actually doing 2023 NFL version of offense. That's great. But I think that's actually going to help Dobbins, who, if you recall, his rookie season had over 1,000 rushing yards and only like 150 carries because that offense still opened up a lot from a read option perspective. That doesn't change when you have Lamar Jackson, your quarterback, just because you have Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, and the like passing it to. It just means that everybody gets to be better instead of just Mark Andrews. I love J.K. Dobbins. I'm not shying away. The Jonathan Taylor one's really difficult because in a vacuum, a third-round price tag for a guy that, let's just say everything works out positively, could be 1-1 overall next year. He gets this massive contract. He makes Anthony Richardson better. The Colts end up winning a few more games than you'd anticipate. Jonathan Taylor could easily be a first-round pick. But I, I get a little bit worried. Is he... Is he doing the injury thing like what Mario Puig talked about on last Friday's SiriusXM where he's intentionally having issues with his ankle injury because his contract isn't satisfying? Totally possible. Is he still having ankle issues because that's still a weird reoccurring injury and a guy like EJ Speed, they had the surgery the same week, the offense or outside linebacker for the Colts, and EJ Speed was ready to go and active. Like, why is Jonathan Taylor not? So I lean toward Jonathan Taylor dealing with this ankle injury, not because he's actually injured, but because it's the best way to vice his grievances, the voice, not vice, voice his grievances with the Colts. But it's just squeamish enough where, especially in high-stakes leagues like the RotoWire Online Championship we did last Monday, I'm not considering him uh, up until like the end of the third round, and he's just not going to fall to that point. Mm-hmm. And then you throw an ale- alleged back issue in there, too, that he's denying, and th- that whole situation is, is quite messy. Like you said, it would have to be a pretty big discount there for sure. Uh, we have Zach Ertz, tight end for the Cardinals. That is going to be off the pup list, uh, came off the pup list today. Uh, he had an MCL and ACL tear in week 10. I don't know. Like, you can be activated off the pup list and not doing a whole lot of active stuff. That's fair, yep. And with Kyler Murray as well, too, kind of getting slow played with the Cardinals, um, I'm less interested in that. This is a, kind of a big deal because Trey McBride, especially if you've been just uh, completely mm-hmm. ignoring tight end like me, has been a really popular candidate like week, week 18 and later, second-round pick last year, Really good pass catcher out of college, not super fast. Zach Ertz and Trey McBride could really cannibalize the uh, intermediate and really just middle targets for Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray, whoever it might be. But I still lean towards the fact that a guy that's going to be, what, 34, 35 in Zach Ertz can't recover that fast from an ACL, MCL tear. The only thought is, well, like Jason Witten, he was so slow anyway, it doesn't really matter if you're losing any more of your speed. Yeah. Zach Ertz kind of fits the same category. Mm-hmm. I would sooner rather have uh, Zach Ertz far, far away and not playing and meaning Trey McBride could actually do some things than uh, your five-yard hitch route, which is all Zach Ertz yeah. can do anyway at this point. Mm-hmm. It definitely mucks up the situation, but I'm not going to lie. I put I put that line in here because I'm always like a little intrigued by Zach Ertz, right? <laughs> just, just always a little bit intrigued. And last year, uh, while DeAndre Hopkins was suspended, Zach Ertz was an incredibly effective fantasy tight end in a position that was an absolute wasteland last year. Part of the reason it was a total wasteland is because you had his production going off the cliff after the injury there. So, um, and I mean, yes, granted, it won't be Kyler Murray uh, too early, but I think there's enough targets and room for him in this offense if he does somehow get healthy here. And he could be a guy that we're easily talking about 
So he, he gets eight targets in week two. Suddenly he's the top of our waiver wire priority list. You know, when we do our show later down the, down, uh, down the road here. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins, tons of targets. And, and, and Ertz was a big – Ertz and Hollywood were a big part of that offense. And, and we know that that defense is pretty brutal. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to have to keep passing. So, so I'm just saying that there, there's room there. And, you know, there are – I'm starting to fall in love with too many late round tight ends, which probably means it's time to start punting tight ends and go and go with some of these guys. Will they all burn me outside of my Kelsey leagues? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, maybe we'll strike the lottery on one or two. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the Cardinals plenty uh, throughout the season when we're doing our weekly waiver wire mm-hmm. show. Uh, Rondell Moore has been a very popular sleeper candidate with the same concept in mind as these underneath targets. There, there are going to be a lot of passes in the Cardinals offense. Not very good defense, even worse. Um, people like Michael Wilson. He's another late round candidate who I like a lot. Rookie receiver, really the only big body target because they have Marquise Brown, Greg Dortch, and Rondell Moore all under 5'8". So that's where the Trey McBride or Zach Ertz uh, part is valuable too. That it just you want to have bigger bodies on the field. It is still football, no matter how much you want athletes as well. Uh, and I think that matters too. Uh, turning back to Indianapolis, we had Anthony Richardson announced as the week one starter for the Colts. I would be very shocked if that dramatically changes his ADP. He was already going around quarterback 10 or 12 in most drafts. He was anyhow. drafted like he was going to be a starter. Anyone know, so who is taking Anthony news. Richardson at this point um, was typically doing so because they partnered him with a Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford or a Daniel Jones. Like you're you're more or less uh, one two in the quarterbacks because you've taken quarterback 11 and 12, and Anthony Richardson has up, upside to be a, a fantastic guy. I, I I'm a little bit – Anxious about the weapons, because if Jonathan Taylor is a player, it's a huge blow. Michael Pittman really hasn't done what a lot of people are hoping for. I know there's a lot of buzz about Alec Pierce. He's had a good camp. And I really like Josh Downs, the rookie third-round receiver, who should uh, play Isaiah McKenzie out of the 53-man roster by the end of preseason. But there's still a lot of what-ifs. Like, if we're hemming and hawing about the Packers receivers, and outside of us here in Wisconsin, everybody is, we should have those same reservations about the Colts. And Anthony Richardson was far more or far less of a defined college prospect, too. So I'm not anticipating Richardson in the first month and a half is really a fantasy asset. But I could see it like Justin Fields, where we did the show week seven. Go back and listen. We said, hey, mm-hmm. pick up Justin Fields. You might want to play him. Well, week seven on where he was what uh, fantasy quarterback one or two up throughout the playoffs. That's the upside Richardson has. Mm-hmm. But you don't always have the luxury from a roster spot yeah, to wait yeah. for that to I happen. Can't, I, I mean, I haven't been able to bring myself to uh, pay that price and then knowing it might be a, a, a long wait and see. Someone I'd be a little bit more inclined to try in best balls. But, uh, sure. yeah, I, I don't have any zero season-long exposure to him right now at the moment. Well, that's a lot of the news and notes from yesterday and today. Uh, obviously, I want to talk about our top five guys that we are reaching for in drafts. Before we do so, let's get a word from our sponsors here at Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, and let's also get a word from our sponsors, Fantrax. For you fantasy football players out there, is there something you wish your fantasy league had or features that are missing from your current league? Bonus scoring, custom schedules or playoffs, deeper team settings? Look no further because we have you covered with our friends at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Create or join a fantasy football commissioner league, invite your friends, and dominate your draft. This season, Fantrax is the top Dynasty fantasy football platform in the industry. Coming from another service, well, not a problem. Fantrax can easily import any of your current league, leagues and rosters and customize it if need be. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake dropping a player? Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, uh, Fantrax likely has it all. Fantrax is running a special promotion you don't want to miss. Sign up for free at Fantrax.com slash Rotowire today to enter for your chance to win tickets to any regular season NFL game for you and your entire league. Plus, you get 6000 in spending cash. That's right. Tickets for your entire league plus six k in cash. Simply create a new league or bring over your existing leagues for more chances to win. Go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire. Sign up today. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Okay, so we had outlined it. You know, we're already 30 minutes into the podcast. We haven't touched on these. So mm-hmm. I want to give us enough breath and time to mention our five top guys. But as always, we throw a few extra players in there. Like the headline might be top five uh, guys we're reaching for. We're never letting the audience down. We're going to give you some extra players yeah, yeah. to look at. There's one that you and I are both going after uh, in full force. And it will be a battle if we were to draft together to see mm-hmm. who will hit the uh, select button sooner. You want to say who it is? Yeah, man, of course, it's our cover boy. It's it's Nick Chubb here, and you had alluded to early on when we were talking about news that the additions of Delvin Cook and uh, Ezekiel Elliott to teams that are not the Cleveland Browns certainly help. Now, of course, there's, I imagine, a possibility for a Kareem Hunt reunion at some point down the line, or maybe it's just all Nick Chubb this year, and that is... Um, that is a prospect that is very, very, very intriguing to me. I think he is elevated to first-round status. He mm. went at the turn in the most recent draft I did, which is, uh, you know, it's happening quite a bit. Joe, I was so close to taking him seventh overall. A seventh overall is the worst. I think it's the worst draft pick, right? Oh, well, I know. Because there, there are no... There are no absolute, you know, there are there aren't any layups there anymore, right? Um, you know, I could have taken BJ. I, I didn't love that option. Um, 
You know, it felt too early to be taking uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Saquon Barkley, and Chubb. And I took Stefan Diggs just hoping, hoping That's one fine. of those two running backs would come back to me. And, of course, Chubb got taken at the turn. Saquon Barkley got taken the pick right before me. I almost, oh, no. I almost had a dream, Stefan Diggs, Saquon Barkley. And you, you take a while, guess what I ended up doing with that pick. It'll be something that maybe you would do. Um, but uh, uh, Did you go receiver again? You know what I did is I just took Josh Allen. I said, "Screw it, I'm pairing up Allen <laughs> okay, and Diggs." Okay, yeah, yeah. That's. I'm, I'm totally I was like, you that. know, normally I would never. What I'm, I'm the last guy that's going to take a quarterback that early. But having Mahomes won me a stake league title last year, and uh, so sometimes we'll do it in some of the, in some of these types of leagues here. And I, I'm confident enough I can figure out my running back situation. As well, we I've converted you, you're you're yes. officially uh, <laughs> drafting quarterback early. That's not. This who, is the first league I've done that in. This is the first league I have any Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Mm. Um, you know Herbert, what have you? You know, and I'll probably end up uh, with with a little bit more of that. But anyway, we got to go back to Nick Chubb. Yeah. I mean, the, the the stage is set for him to have an amazing season. He was, I mean, we talked about this. I think we talked about this on one of our first shows here about loving him and ready to to draft him. And his ADP has only continually moved up since then. He was the guy I think NFL players voted as the best running back in the mm-hmm. league. That certainly means something. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm all over him. Yeah, I was very much on the fence. I thought I'd have a shot to get Chubb coming back was really the only reason I haven't taken him at 7th overall. But if I end up with the 7th overall pick again in uh, another snake draft, you know, that's not super flex or anything like that, there's a pretty good chance I'm walking away with Nick Chubb because uh, I think he is very reasonable to go after that uh, after that first tier, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cheating in some sense because you talked about that first podcast that we did of this season, and I think Ch- Chubb's ADP was around – pick 20, so mid-second round, a little bit mm-hmm. later second round. Uh, and if we're saying we're going to reach on him at pick 10 overall or pick 7 overall, well, it's only a 10. It's only like a round difference. But I think – But at this tier, picks, at this yes, top 20, there's – This matters. Yes. This, yeah, it's, this, it's, it's, it's a I, very I significant deal. I want to get deal. Nick Chubb. Yeah, and you mentioned your version of the Rotoware Invitational. Uh, I think there's either six or seven different versions of 12 teams. It's our kind of mm-hmm. uh, play on the Scott Fishbowl, at least at Rotoware, and it's all within internally with the company. I took Nick Chubb number 10 overall. Like I, I had read exactly what you did, and I said, I'm going to get one of those running backs, and I like a lot of the receivers that can fall back to me. So I took Nick, uh, Nick Chubb 10 overall. I got Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson uh, at 14, then that would have been the no, case. Uh, no Saquon Barkley coming back. He would have been around in my league. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he – I think he got taken by either 11 or 12. Like, we went uh, uh, yeah. running back right away. Yeah, so, I, I think Nick Chubb. But the biggest key for me is the news that occurred yesterday that we talked about at the top of the show was Delvin Cook is gone. Ezekiel Elliott's gone. The only veteran guys back that could really uh, go behind Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette. Okay, fine. I think Fournette's good. And I actually think Fournette can be a cheaper version of what Kareem Hunt did from last year. Pass catcher, still got some carries. But – Jury's really low on him, obviously showing up out of shape last year at 260 uh, with the Buccaneers didn't help things. And I don't think the Hunt uh, marriage or reunion looks very good for the Browns. I, I feel like we would have heard that drop at some point, but instead it's the the Vikings and the Colts and the Saints that are all interested in signing Hunt and nothing but the Browns. Mm-hmm. Jerome Ford is still injured. I, I have to imagine the Browns don't want to go into week one with just Nick Chubb when they have Super Bowl aspirations. I'm not sure if it's legitimate, but they do. Uh, but if it stands right now, the way the roster is, Nick Chubb is not only a top 10 pick, he might be better than Austin Eckler. He might be better than Bijan Robinson. Uh, he might be a mm-hmm. three, four, five overall in full point yep. PPR. Format. If it's if it's zero point PPR, I mean, really, how much of Eckler's value comes from PPR, right? If it is zero PPR period, I know those leagues are becoming few and further between. The gap between Eckler and Chubb gets 
really, really close to the point where I certainly wouldn't fault anyone that went chub over Eckler in zero PPR. It can happen, especially if it's a. Uh, you know, especially if it's one of those zero PPR, only two wide receiver leagues. You know, some of those, the old, old, old default format, you know, for fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. So those are still out there. If it's zero wide receiver, um, you could, yeah, you could go as high as top five on Chubb if you wanted to in that scenario. Look, I'm the Ask an Expert Manager here at Rotowire. Uh, I see a lot of different league formats out there. For the, like, five sickos that play in the touchdown-only league, Nick Chubb might be my number one or two overall pick. I think the Browns offense is going to look fantastic and if they sign Fournette or if they do re-sign Kareem Hunt, the guy that's getting all that work down there is going to be Nick Chubb. It's not Jerome Ford, who I like a lot too. So I'm, I, I really am of the opinion there's probably not a point where you're drafting Nick Chubb too high. Like I, I, I'm not going to argue with somebody if they take them over Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really becomes you know that B. John Robinson yeah. uh, tier. I'd say that if it's three wide receivers and any kind of PPR half point PPR. I think top five might be pushing it, but really okay. anything after that you can make a case for. Cool. Uh, I want you to go ahead and mention your guy first, unless you have anything else to say about Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've hit this over and over again on Chubb, so there's not a whole lot more we could say. Um, one thing that I'm doing, you know, and uh, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, kind of do the cheat code when we say top five. I'm going to pick three guys, but I'm only going to actually go into depth on one of them because I recently took them, and uh, it was a perfect storm for me to take them. And I'm definitely uh, looking at the veterans here. Uh, I'm talking about the veteran wide receivers who I believe are underpriced. Um, DeAndre Hopkins at ADP 44 is one of them. He certainly has potential to be top five wide receiver this year. I, I mean, Titans, the situation isn't as great, but certainly skill-wise, I don't think it's waned enough to throw him out of contention for that, especially with the PPR volume he was seeing with Arizona. Mike Evans is another big one here. I think people worry about, you know, the Trask-Mayfield situation here. Um, I could very much see Tampa Bay having a season like back to the Jameis 30-for-30 year where – you know, Chris Godwin's healthy, mm-hmm. and Mike Evans is good to go, and they both elevate each other. Mike Evans at 72, I'm definitely moving up on him. But a guy that I wanted to talk about more that I just cracked the top 100, that has just cracked the top 100, is Michael Thomas of the Saints here. And people are going to groan, right? People are going to groan because, oh, we're doing this Michael Thomas thing again uh, for a couple years. Uh, one of the toughest things that I've had to learn about fantasy in, in my, I mean, I did my first year fantasy league in second grade which you know we're talking 25 plus years ago right so when you do it for for long enough you need to you can't have the bad things that have happened in the previous years especially when they are fluky like if you if thomas went out and played 16 games last year and caught 40 balls for 500 yards yeah that's one thing right um but if anyone was touting mike thomas last season um they weren't necessarily wrong he was, what do I have? He was a top 20 wide receiver before he got hurt. He was getting usage there. Now, granted, different quarterback, different different situation here. Uh, and I don't want to, again, I don't want to take too much out of these, out of one preseason games. But he looked real nice in that sliding catch he caught in that preseason game. Uh, I mean, he's still 30 years old, so wide receiver's not completely over the hill yet, right? Um I mean, you're a fan of Derek Carr, right? And I think so by proxy, you have to be at least a little bit of a fan of uh, Michael Thomas coming through. He looks healthy, looks fast, still has his great hands. He's the guy that's getting double teamed in these preseason games, not Chris Olave. So I think that tells you something about what opposing defenses are seeing too. There's just a uh, there's a whole lot to like about Mike Thomas. And in, in, in a situation in Stake League where that we had where it was it's a 14-team league, I went out, spent 58 of my 200 on Justin Jefferson. Then I came back and spent 43 out of my 200 on Travis Kelsey here. I'm not going to have the luxury of having amazing, high-priced, safe wide receiver twos and threes. I went out and got Michael Thomas for 9 bucks. 
bang, he could end up being a top 20 receiver and uh, be in the bank for my buck. I don't know if that was a little bit of a stretch here, but uh, uh, I think he's definitely a top 100 player, and if you wanted to take him a couple round or two earlier than that to make sure that you're the guy, uh, you know, reach by all means. Go nuts. $9 is fine in auction drafts, but let's let's contextualize here for a second the top 100 part that you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. I live my life through my toddler at the moment. He's, he's two and a half. Uh, you are at least vaguely familiar of, of my son, Ali. To put into context what we're doing with Michael Thomas, the last time Michael Thomas was relevant, kids that age are now entering kindergarten. We are at four years of, oh, man, Michael Thomas, he might be back. And honestly, we did this exact same thing last year. Hey, mm-hmm. look at him run that route in the in the training camp, man. He looks darn good. And you might not be wrong, Jake. He mm-hmm. threw three games last year. He was a factor in the offense, and that was before Lave uh, really got going. That was definitely before mm-hmm. Rashid Shahid was even yeah. a thing for the Saints' offense. And the quarterback play was worse. But we've done this for four yeah. years. I'm just saying four that years. if if we that the biggest point I want to make is if if we were touting him last year and he got hurt, yeah, he 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 hurt a lot of fantasy managers. Sure enough, you know if we were touting him last year, you weren't necessarily wrong. You know there's just another injury, and you could say that maybe he's injury prone. But I'm not quite sure how uh, you know how much more he is than uh, this you know th- that amount of veteran receivers at this point. So Jake, the, I don't want to throw guard. out last year just because. Of uh, of the injury, I, I think that there's a, there's some potential here. So I'm gonna go out and uh, I'll go out on a limb here. I'll I'll go ahead and get him late if I can. The the pre care who was born uh, last time Michael Thomas was relevant can tell you right now, Jake, not to do that. I, I'm just I'm just saying like a uh, and and the the chat is correct. Uncle Ted Talk says I would rather have Quinton Johnston or Traylon Burks over Thomas. Like that's let's contextualize the range of receivers. You're you're talking about upside, especially in a full point PPR league, if Thomas were to stay healthy and if Alave is and if Derek Carr is a better quarterback than a lot of the public seems to believe. And I think all those things are true. Like I, I believe Olave is going to be more of a factor and I think Derek Carr is better, but where I think it plays out is in our podcast in two, two weeks, we talk over under win totals, not Michael Thomas being uh, a fantasy wide receiver 30 because he hasn't been healthy for four seasons. I, I just, I'm not ready uh, to invest even a top 10 pick, right? Which is more or less, uh, his current ADP range. So I like it. The veteran mm-hmm. receivers, like you mentioned, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm also out on Hopkins. I don't, I don't know if I uh, – I get a lot of the Julio Jones vibes when he had the one year with the Titans and we were all proclaiming that he was going to be relevant and then and just wasn't. Mm-hmm. And Hopkins was at least healthier than Julio was at this stage yep. of their careers. But it's too eerily similar, and I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, sure. the, right. one of the, the one of the vets I do like is Mike Evans, though. I actually sure. am right there with you. And I believe the Buccaneers are going to suck this year. Spoiler for our show in two weeks. Mm-hmm. When a team sucks, you look for the happy things, right? And continuing Mike Evans' streaks, so long as Mike Evans stays healthy, is going to be a focal point for the three and thirteen, mm-hmm. three and fourteen Buccaneers. That's that's my that's proclamation right. yep. is that they're going to make sure he gets over a thousand receiving yards. So that's the only one I don't mind. I don't I don't feel like I'm spoiling okay. things too yeah. much with no, Mike. I, w- I want to say I took the old guys. I'm going to give give a chance to tee you up, and and, and you got the young guy. Let's hear. Yeah, it. it's it's Jordan Addison, uh, and I've mentioned him now, but just about every single podcast uh, we talked about last week. I took Kyle Pitts over Jordan Addison. You were applauding me. You came over and slapped me on the back after that selection, and I'm sitting there all upset, almost crying, because I missed out on both Jordan Addison and Kyle Pitts. I wanted that to occur. (laughs) I really believe if you're talking about one of the biggest difference makers this season, it's going to be the seventh-round ADP price of Jordan Addison, who, again, is kind of being buried at the moment with K.J. Osborne possibly starting. There's no way— NFL coaches are stupid. Yeah, (laughs) they are, and— 
Do you Rookie. remember? Let's move him down the depth chart. Rookie. So I, I still think about this to this day, Jake. When we were doing our podcast point two years ago, rookie year Justin Jefferson, we were in week three, and Mike Zimmer was being a turd and not playing Justin Jefferson. And we're saying, hey, if he was dropped for whatever the reason, go ahead and pick him up. And, of course, that was one of our shining moments of uh, recommendations that has carried over to the course of our careers because that guy – not only was a starter every week, but won you leagues if he did end up getting dropped. And that was a, a pretty big conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel like the same thing is occurring this year with Jordan Addison. But let's just say my hype is unwarranted. Last year, Adam Thielen played just one snap under 1,000, so 999. His line, 70 catches, 716 yards, 16 touchdowns. He wasn't that Pro Bowl receiver we've seen the past two years. Definitely wasn't as big of a red zone threat. But he was wide receiver 30 in ESPN formats, which is typically full point PPR with that 70, 716, and six line. Like, mm -hmm. I, I recognize that if Addison doesn't achieve the amount that I think, it's fine. But for a seventh or eighth round pick to get a wide receiver 30, that's a starting guy in 12 team formats every time. And that's the floor level of what Thielen had last year. Maybe KJ Osborne cuts into more of those snaps. So you can't just one for one put. 999 with Jordan Addison, but I still think when they need to pass, not when they're going to do some fake run running stuff, when they need to pass, Jordan, Jordan Addison's out there and getting the targets that matter. Yeah. That Thielen line Jefferson's against 70 getting catches, the double teams, no doubt about that. 716 yards, six touchdowns. Jefferson's getting the Jair Alexanders of the world. Jefferson's uh, or, getting the or, or Preston Smith if Joe Barry has his way. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I'm, I think Jordan Addison is going to get plenty of workload. Again, wide receiver 30 for Thielen last year at 70 catches, 716 yards, six touchdowns. I don't know if you could find over-unders on Addison's numbers on DraftKings or FanDuel. I'll take the over if I'm it's sure you can. I'm going to look at a couple player props, too, when we do our win total over-unders. All, all right. I got to say, Joe, is that I hope I hope you're right because I'm already two leagues, Fishbowl and Stake League, two leagues that are important that I want to do well in, uh, two leagues that have Cousins Jefferson shares. And if we get out of Addison, what you're expecting to get out of Addison, that means Cousins should be having a pretty dang good year, too. Well, I think Jefferson, too. You mentioned like there'll be double teams on Jefferson, so Addison gets open. If Addison is cooking like that, the way I think he's going to, you can't dedicate double coverage to Jefferson every single time. And I think it, it opens up the door and the floodgates for all that kind of conversation. High tide but, raises all boats. Yes, yes. Good old Proverbs. I love them. Let's get a word from our sponsors here, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head-to-head -head fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, salary caps, or complicated game types, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season. From a twist in a classic game with Fantasy Bingo, where players generate a lineup to complete achievements and get bingo, head-to-head -head fantasy challenges, where you pick which two players are going to score more fantasy points. This is the best kind of version of fantasy sports. For the 2023 NFL season, Rival Fantasy is offering new users a 200 deposit match plus a 25 first, pay, first play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play out of the gate right away. Experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. I'm going to jump ahead uh, on my guy, Jake. Here oh, yeah, because I've got another late round crazy one well, that I, I want love, to talk about. <laughs> I love this one, and the hype is going to get insane yes. uh, as we continue yeah, on. Yeah, so yeah, stay to the end of the show here. I mean, this is a, a higher amount than normal listeners, but stay to the end here because I want to throw you one who you're not going to be able to get undrafted by the time uh, the end of the preseason rolls around. Yeah, uh, my other uh, guy I'm going to be reaching on is going to be Calvin Ridley, who, boy, we I was doing podcasts with Jim Coventry really throughout all of March and May and he was going in the fourth round, fifth round, and I know Chris Liss had uh, Calvin Ridley in one of his beat Chris Liss's online championships in the fourth round. Now he's creeping up to the third round. I'm not surprised, Jake, if by the end of August, 
uh, all the training camp hype and all the news around the Jaguars offense and people realize how crappy the schedule is in a good way the Jaguars are going to have this season, that Kelvin Ridley is going to be a top uh, 24 pick. Like I think he might get to the second round. I'm still going to pull the trigger because I'm I'm not convinced the Chris Olave uh, range, which is about ADP 20, is a lock and load. I like Jalen Waddle a lot, but it's it's hard to say he's going to do a whole lot better. There's guys like Willandre Stevenson might fall, Tony Pollard. You could talk yourself in, in and out of a lot of these players. I think it's so easy to talk yourself to Kelvin Ridley, who, again, the Jaguars face the number one AFC the conference schedule, right? So they, they'll take the Chiefs and whoever else wins the division. But other than that, they play the Colts, Titans, Texans twice a year, and then they have the NFC South, which is going to rival the NFC North. It's one of the worst divisions in football. I think the Jaguars' offense is going to look great. I was all in on my stake league team with Trevor Lawrence and ETN. I had thought about giving Evan Ingram as well, too. Ridley's the guy that I'm most excited to, to roster. I don't really feel like he's cutting into Christian Kirk's workload too much, but if it becomes Ridley or Kirk, it's not a question. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Ridley. And I think he's easily a, a guy that gets 90 catches, 1,300 yards. Oh, by the way, those are figures he did with Julio Jones. And now he's the top guy uh, with a quarterback who's just as good. Yeah, there's uh, definitely no prime Julio Jones on this roster, that's for yeah, sure. He missed a season, not because he's injured. He gets that uh, fabled rest uh, where he misses that season. That rest season. Back. And he's, he's age 28 season. Age 28 season. I am all... All about this, Joe. I have some Calvin Ridley already. It's not nearly enough. I'm going to be all over it. I think uh, he'll be a first-round pick in next year's fantasy drafts. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I Both Addison for, and Chubb and, and Calvin Ridley are all guys that I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we've heard them plenty on other Rotowire programs before. Yep. This guy, though, this last reach, yeah, this is the debut. I love. I love it. Yeah. It has not been talked about before. Mm-hmm. So when we first did the undervalued ADPs, I talked about Romeo Dobbs, right? And uh, I guess you could throw him as an honorable mention. I definitely reached for him. I reached for him in Stake League. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we wanted the preseason. But the guy that is starting, listen, nobody watches Packers camp and Packers news and Packers anything more than the two of us on this whole podcast network. So, you know, you could call us homers for that. But, like, our whole Twitter feed, you know, a ton of, we both listen to some local radio. There's, There's a lot going on here. And the kid that everybody is talking about in camp right now. Now, it was early on, it was the chemistry that Dobbs and, and Jordan Love have. But now that games are going, and now that we see in camp who the first teamers are, tight end Luke Musgrave, right? He is not, not getting drafted. ADP 249, right? He's not getting drafted. A tight end in Luke Musgrave is suddenly, his name keeps popping up over and over and over and over and over and over again. And he's a six foot eight body, big body that is six, fast. Six. He's, that not, is... he's not six eight, six six, but that's fine. Six six? Okay, yes. somebody said six eight, whatever. Darnell six, Washington's six eight for the Steelers. Also really intriguing. I know this, Jake, because I'm, I'm in the throngs <laughs> of the Madden 24 being released. I'm well aware of the height differentials on these guys. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So, okay, maybe I, maybe I wrote that down wrong. But anyway, big body dude who is fast, right? And I, I wrote down a whole bunch of tweets in our outline. Obviously, uh, you know, I can't show these videos, but a couple of Packer guys at by Ryan Wood, at Hayden Winks, a couple of the guys that were, ta- were showing um, a lot of film from him, either from camp or uh, isolated film from the first season get- preseason game the guy is catching balls in traffic you know kind of like a travis kelsey or kittle would you know they throw that big target catches balls in double coverage right he is very effective in the block in the blocking game you can see him down blocking and um and i believe he was it was the aj Dillon or the patrick taylor touchdown anyway but in the Bengals preseason game yeah one of those you know i could call it up here and then i'll have all, all this background noise going on but he was down blocking so he's catching balls in traffic he's down blocking he is running fly routes 
they have him running fly routes. And I don't know if that's just the distraction thing, but sooner or later, he's going to get the right matchup, and Love is going to hopefully be able to hit him on that fly route. He just looks more dynamic than a rookie should and is somebody that should be on the radar. Now, maybe you definitely don't want to... Basically, drafting him, period, in a 12-team format is a reach right at this point. And these are players that we're willing to reach for. Uh, even if you don't draft him, just just keep him on your radar because after week one, you know, if when he's out there and he gets maybe six to eight targets and has a couple of awesome catches, you're not going to be able to pay the same price for him any longer here. So throw Luke Musgrave, $1, last pick of the draft. Um, if you're drafting this week anyway and you got three weeks, uh, don't bother with a kick. I, I'm a very much, uh, unless you have a very clear opportunity to do so, don't really bother with a kicker or defense. Take another guy Good like Luke, Luke Musgrave, figure it out, you know, drop your guy that gets hurt in the next three weeks, you know, instead of uh, that. Take well, wild sleepers at Luke this Musgrave point. Musgrave too. Like that's, that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. Like there's going to be a kicker that you can always pick up. There might not be opportunity because you're going to have to compete or, you know, go budget to budget with somebody else and Luke yep. Musgrave. I, I like this call uh, so much. And actually I'm, I'm, I think skewed a little bit by that that week one preseason game against the Bengals. Of course, you're going against second stringers to start, third stringers by what quarterback or quarter two or three. The the rollout bootleg play, which I think is really going to be a staple for Matt Lafleur, not just because Jordan Jordan loves athleticism, gets to be displayed a little bit more on those types of plays. Well, he, really easy reads. He did you're, that a lot in college you're reading too. The key that was the one of the most bent. common things. If you watch any of his college films, he's always rolling up. The defense went crashed on the running back. This is an easy completion over the middle. Like we had the Dobbs play to set up that drive. He scores a touchdown, but I think it was either the second or third play before. It was a bootleg to the left, waited for Dobbs to go open for 12 yards, hit him in stride, uh, settled down in a, in a great spot. Like that play is a staple of the Matt LaFleur offense. The only way it can be a staple is if the tight end gets that six-yard catch, it can make it 12 yards, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the threat that leverages everything else and makes the defensive end have three different responsibilities to have yep. to worry about. And, so and I, the running I, game is going to be effective enough to make that play action work as well. Right. So they, there's they've that got a play. good one-two punch of backs, and they've, the running game's always been a staple, right? That's going to make the bootleg effective. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and, and then the other part of this is you have Christian Watson on the outside likely running deep things, mm-hmm. more or less. And you have Romeo Dobbs doing some stuff in the middle, the other guy that's the field stretcher is the Robert Tunyon role. And we've saw that many times where Rodgers is threading the seam right there, hitting Tunyon over the top of the free safety, whatever else. Musgrave is even more athletic and yep. even bigger. You mentioned 6'8". I mean, 6'6". Six, six, but just for context, he ran the fourth fastest 40-yard dash among tight ends this year. Will Mallory uh, went to the Colts. Zach Kuntz is like even more of a, a crazy athlete. He was 6'7". He ran a 4.55. Sam Laporta... Ran the four five nine. Everyone knows who Sam Laporta is now. Killing it right now for the Lions training camp. And then Luke Musgrave mm-hmm. at four six one. My only concern, and it's actually a positive one for us as Packer fans. I think Tucker Craft might also be good too. So they drafted Musgrave. I think traded up or at least got an early second round pick and got him. But they took Tucker Craft in the third round as well too. He ran a four six nine. Reports are he's more of your blocker. But I think in the Matt Lafleur offense. Both Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave are out on the field, especially after Tyler Davis, the veteran tight end of the group, tore his ACL. He's done for the year. It's not Josiah DeGuara that's going to be the other tight end. It's going to be Tucker Craft. So I think Luke Musgrave is going to be somebody that I like more for best ball. And I think like the the 30 uh, round. Yeah, in 20 round round drafts, absolutely. That's that's where I think he's just like the perfect sweet spot. And uh, Crackshot322 mentioned to the chat, he drafted Musgrave in Dynasty. I love that too because there's a point where Musgrave could not just be a deep threat or a seam stretcher or a bootleg guy, but an overall package player might not be there yet. We know rookie tight ends struggle, but if there ever was a class to do that, 
it's this one with Laporta and Kincaid, who Chris Collinsworth and many others are hyping up to an extreme extent. And uh, I think Musgrave is right there with you. I love that mention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, had to do it there. I mean, there, there's some rookie tight ends that uh, you know that, that just seem to have the opportunity, and and Packers are a team that are looking for guys to build around and, and see who can be part of this offense for many years to come. I think uh, I, I think we could get there with Mustard. I'm just like the amount of hype that has been tossed into my face, and then actually <laughs> clicking on all of those links yes. and watching it happen with my own eyes. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm a believer now, and and all yeah, all again, you know, a reach on this guy. That's the theme of the show. A reach on this guy is drafting him. Period. So. Because because he'll definitely he'll still be below our ownership threshold uh, by week oh, yeah. one, and we're gonna have to talk about if he gets like higher than 10, 15, 20 dollars. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, if if things go the way that we anticipate, maybe it takes a couple weeks. We'll see. I'm definitely uh, I'm pretty pumped to get into the into the real the real meat and potatoes, the real waiver wire shows here. Because uh, thankfully we had some news today. Sometimes we've had a stretch on a few of these topics here and rehash a few guys. But we appreciate the loyal listeners sticking through us and and staying active in the chat too. That's always awesome to see. Yeah, we're only a few weeks away from that pre week one regular season waiver wire podcast where we talk about guys probably like Luke Musgrave, who you should be considering if you did drafts in July or early August. We also have our over under win totals for every team podcast coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. That has been a huge moneymaker. Uh, if you've been listening in the past, we've been, we've been killing it uh, on those year in a year. I've been doing even more research than ever, which maybe is a problem. Like I feel like I did a baseline level research the past couple of seasons, maybe putting in too much effort could be an issue. Uh, but I have no doubt that your picks are going to carry us if mine struggle whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, lots, lots more to come on, you know, the Tuesday edition of the show, but this was great. Uh, I loved the guys that were they're reaching on. We gave you eight different names, uh, seven. If you are, like a pre-K and say not to take Michael Thomas and like what Jake did. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back in the next week and best of luck in your drafts. If they are to come up. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.